Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. We are in a series called When God Shakes My World. Say that. Say, When God Shakes My World. So if you missed last week, we laid a little bit of a foundation um, of, that, of this, uh, this message series. So you go back and, and, and go ahead and uh, read that or get, get that um, message Read it and get it. I think there's notes too. But the truth is we've all been through shakings in life, whether it's losing a loved one, struggling through infirmities or sickness, losing a job, even a career, experience strained relationships, right? These are all rumblings. These are little quakes. They, uh, they may not originate from God, listen, right? But as we mentioned last week, God uses them to get our attention. Right? He can use these to get our attention. Uh, by the way, he, he always works things out for our good and his glory. Um, but these rumblings, these shakings are a part of the kingdom. It's a part of life. If you haven't lived long enough already, or we know that. Like, it's going to happen. Right? But, but we, have, we have a God who is able to work things out, again, in ways that we would never expect someone could work them out. Always good, always for our good and his glory. Say glory. That's a, that's a word we're going to use today. We learned last week that, that the purpose of the shaking is to wake us and to restore us. To wake us and to restore us. And to restore us to mint condition. Amen? Which means, and even better. See, only God can do that. Only God can do an even better work in our lives. So hundreds of years ago, a prophet named Haggai talked about a shaking that would lead to the glory of God. So he gives his promise in Haggai 2, 6-9. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple, and I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place I will... Bring peace, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. We said last week, well, this, this looks like some, some military thing's happening. Some war is happening, which is true. There is a war, right? There's a, there's a spiritual war um, between the, the, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. And so that, that's been happening throughout history. So at first glance, these verses look like something terrible is about to happen, but actually it's the opposite, let me say it this way. God is shaking things to bring his blessings. God is shaking things to bring his blessings. It says it right in there. But the truth is, a moment of shaking can be intimidating, a bit terrifying. When we go through troubles, when we find ourselves in a time of pressure, we don't fully understand everything that's going on. And we don't realize what God might be doing behind the scenes. 
can be difficult also in that time to press through and believe. But let me tell you something. God is doing something and something very powerful. You may not see it yet. Sometimes it, you see it down the road. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? See, maybe down the road we're like, oh, okay, I get it. But throughout the years I've learned that God is more concerned with developing something in us before giving something to us. Do you hear that? He's more concerned about developing something in us before giving something to us. And God, God is a giver, right? I mean, I think my first prayers to God were, Lord, I need this. Matter of fact, I said, I need a wife. I'm so lonely. Well, God gave me Emily. Praise God. But, but I think, but I've learned over life that he's really looking at developing something in me before giving something to me. And the most important thing that God is developing in us, I believe, is his glory. There's that word. You may have heard a lot in the church but may not understand it. So let me just recap what that word is for a moment. So in church, you might hear three different words. Last week, we said one is the anointing. You ever heard the anointing? Um, you'll, you'll hear that word come out sometimes. Hey, the anointing, right? You're anointed. Yes, uh, your Bible says that the Holy Spirit has anointed you and I. We have an anointing. Well, that anointing, the Bible says it breaks the yoke. The anointing is for you and me. The anointing is the gifts of the Spirit that come out in a moment when, and they bless you and they bless others, right? That's the anointing. That's for us. Then there's the presence of God. We come together corporately and God's presence fills this place and you feel the tangible effects of God's presence. Peace, joy, right, love, safety, healing in his presence, those are for us. But the glory of God is about him. Did you hear that? The glory of God is about him. And I think we're coming into a phase where like I said last week, church is moving from about us to about him. I love the presence of God. But do you realize that people can be in the presence of God and have no direction in life? People can be sitting right now in the presence of God and be mad and angry. People can be sitting, and listen, it happens, right? So I'm saying when the glory of God comes, it changes everything in our lives. Do you hear that? Everything. Everything. God wants to change everything. I'll show you what he's going to change. We need God's glory. I love the anointing. We need the anointing. We need the presence, but we need the glory. Say, we need the glory. We need the glory. So when the glory shows up, things change immediately. God causes our hearts to get right. The shaking and the glory put everything in priority. And our struggles and our strivings, our selfishness, quickly disappear because God's glory overwhelms it. Like the old gospel song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You guys get that? You hear that? In the light of his glory and grace. When his glory shows up, things don't matter as much. Right? My, my sickness, my infirmity doesn't matter anymore because of God's glory, because it's about him. So we need to prophesy his glory and pray for his glory like Haggai did hundreds of years ago in Haggai 2.7. I'll shake the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. And I'll fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Glory translated the splendor of God, the abundance of God, the honor of God, the respect for God, the power of God displayed for all to see. 
Can you imagine his glory in your marriage? Can you imagine his glory in your home, in your family? Can you imagine his glory in a city? God shows up and changes everything with his glory. So we need to begin to expect the glory of God to come and change us, to chart new paths towards this coming revival or great awakening that many people are talking about. And remember, the great awakening is preceded by a great shaking, a shaking off of the things that oppose God. Right? We talk about that in church. We will. We'll keep going. You might be thinking, why is this stuff happening to me? Well, here's one answer. See, your, your troubling story is actually producing God's glory. Did you hear that? Your troubling story is actually producing God's glory. 2 Corinthians 4, 17, here's a proof. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory, there it is, that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. What you want is something that lasts forever. See, when I sang those songs, I don't know if you, but when I sang those songs, there's another in the fire. Oh, I believe it. Because I've had some fires. And I had to see Jesus in the fire. Uh, you know, I, when I know God's my defender, I believe it. You know why? Because I've been through that. And maybe you have too. That's good. Because those things, even though it was a fire, a rumbling, a shaking, when you embraced it, God developed something in you. That lasts forever. That's why when you get in front of people, you know, uh, let me this. when I was young, um, the glory, I didn't, you know, a young Christian, I didn't know what the glory was because I really hadn't been through much as a Christian. But as I went through my little fires and shakings, uh, there's now substance in me. So that when I talk to you in this moment, in a message, I believe it. I believe it for myself. I'm not going to tell you something that I don't believe or, or I haven't gone through or there's, there, there, that there's any substance, right? It's not going to be hollow. So that's what, that's what those things do, those shakings. They develop the glory of God, the splendor of God, the goodness of God, the power of God in our lives. So our present trouble is designed to bring us to complete and total dependence on God so that his glory is revealed. Do you hear that? See, I believe God's glory is coming to the church, a church building, a church meeting, but even more importantly, his glory will fill us, these little churches, these little temples. And then I believe when God's glory fills us and is, is radiates from us, what happens is the glory then fills the earth. Like Habakkuk said in Habakkuk 2.14, for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of God. Remember, the glory is about him. Last week we said when the glory showed up in the New Testament and the Old Testament, it was incredibly loving because God's love showed up, but a bit terrifying. Because, not, 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 in a, not in a terrified of God, but because, oh, wow. I, I, God is God. <laughs> God is God, and I'm not. So I'm just going to, a lot of times they just said, okay, I'm going to zip it. I'm going to zip it. God's here. So let's embrace the shaking, because in God's eyes, it's a beautiful thing, right? The shaking. But it's also a battle thing. Say battle thing. 
why, we read this verse, it seems like a battle. Well, yes, it's a battle because God is coming to destroy his enemies and yours too. Amen? Am I in the right church today? <laughs> we talk about shakings and fires and, and, and those kind of things that we've been through, that we might be going through, and that we will go through. You're here for a reason today. You showed up because God has a word for you today. And here it is. David, David saw this in Psalm 18. He said, uh, so I'm going to read a few verses that's powerful. And uh, David says, the servant of the Lord, he sang a song to the Lord on the day he was rescued from all his enemies and from Saul. So this is what he's saying. He said, I love you, Lord. You're my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I called on the Lord, who's worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. And then he's, he's going through a tough time. The ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. He's having a rough day. But in my distress... I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. Very smart, by the way. He heard me from a sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Not his anger towards David or you, his anger towards the enemy. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds sheeted the, shield the brightness around him and rained down hail and burning coals. Man, the Lord thundered from, we're getting somewhere. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and the burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen. The foundations of the earth were laid bare. Listen, he reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from the powerful enemies, from those who hated me or were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me, led me to a place of safety, rescued me because he delights in me. Have you ever found yourself in that place where you have nowhere to go but to God alone? Am I the only one? Come on. We have nowhere to go but to God alone. It is the most reassuring and safest place you can ever be. It's also the most risky place you can be. Because it's there where we are called or have to put our complete trust in God. Our total dependence on him. Because I've said before, it's easy to follow a God you can see. It's easy to follow your money or your degree or, or your, your, your 401k or your, your career. It's easy to follow. We can make golden calves of those things easy. Those are easy, right? You can see them. You can manipulate them. You can, you can do that thing. But it's difficult to follow an invisible God. And we're called to walk by faith and not by sight, right? So it's in that place where we, we're like, 
Oh, God, was that you or was that me? <laughs> God, am I hearing from you clearly? Okay, I heard that scripture. It, it, like, all these times we're like, Lord, what are you doing? Come on, that's, that is the, the, that's, that's the best place we can be, but it's risky because we gotta walk by faith and not by sight. It takes faith to experience God in that way. But when you do, when you find yourself possibly surrounded by enemies, spiritual enemies, maybe sometimes people too. It's then when you can find yourself in the most incredible place of safety you've ever been before. Amen. It's, it's like my first, uh, uh, talk, last week we were talking about my, fir- my first earthquake, only one earthquake, and then today my first hurricane. Anybody been a hurricane before? Down south in Florida years ago, just gave my heart to the Lord. And uh, Category 4 started rolling in. And I was at a little men's retreat. And uh, it, was, it was incredible. The, the, when the storm came, the wind was so powerful. We were inside. We weren't really scared. But it was so powerful. Um, it was just raging. And all of a sudden, it got really quiet. The sun broke out. And I'd never been in one before. And the sun broke out. I walked outside thinking it was over, but it wasn't. Where was I? In the eye of the hurricane. It was so, it was incredible. All around me, I saw the storm. I saw the storm had passed, and then the storm was coming. But I was safe. Oh, my goodness. I was so safe. Matter of fact, we went outside and hit golf balls. (laughs) It was great. It was so quiet. How many need that right now? How many need to be in the eye of the hurricane of God or just the eye of God in the, in the middle of things going around you saying, God, you have me. I'm safe with you. I'm safe with you. See, even though you may have gone through something difficult, I want you to look ahead with encouragement, with hope, because God is coming with his glory. He's coming with his glory, and his glory has purpose for his children. The shaking that brings his glory does something for you and me. And the church. And let me show you as we finish. I want to show you the things that that when we pray for the shaking, pray for the glory that God's going to do in us individually, in our homes, in our churches, in our cities. See, Haggai said, it's not if he comes, it's when. God is coming with a greater glory, you guys. Not to scare us, but to bless us. And that's why last week I got you quake ready. Right? Quake ready. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. Because you gotta be re- we gotta be quake ready. Here's the here's a quick little story. Acts 4. This is, by the way, this is the second shaking in, in the in Acts. The first one was Acts 2. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church. That's when the church started. And there's another one. One and a half chapters later, there's another shaking. Here it is. And so, so what happens is they're surrounded by the enemy this time. They're, they're being threatened, and here they go. They pray. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done to the name of our holy servant Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preach the word of God with boldness. Now look at what happens. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that they owned, what they owned was not their own. 
So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give those in need. We see the powerful and pure results of a God shake. Can I get you to start praying for a God shake? Is that okay? Like, can, I'm praying it. I don't, like, hey, Lord, come on, shake things up. Shake things up in the church. Shake things up in me. Um, because here's what happens when God shakes. When God shakes, he shakes off the fear. He shakes off the fear. One of the biggest attacks on the world today is fear. And when, when the Holy Spirit moves and when God comes with his glory, he shakes off the fear. Disciples are surrounded by the enemy of the gospel. In, in that moment, it was actually the religious leaders of that day that did not like anybody, especially Jesus, moving in on their territory and their money. So they put Peter and John in jail and threatened them and all the followers. By the way, when you're threatened, accused, persecuted while preaching the gospel or helping other people, don't be surprised of those threats and accusations. For it proves that you're in the perfect will of God. If everyone likes you, something is wrong. I would love for everybody to like me. Even as I stand here and preach today, I sense in my spirit someone doesn't like me, <laughs> right? I wish everybody liked me. But I know that's just the way it is. Listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it, but I'm just saying when you go into any environment, all right, not everyone's going to like you. But, but and, and again, I wish it would happen, but here's Jesus who actually went and preached the gospel, healed the sick, did good to everybody. He was hated by so many people, right? So it would be nice if we were loved by everybody, but the truth is we're not. And one of the biggest snares in life is the fear of man. The Bible says the fear of man is a trap. When we start trying to please everybody, give them what they need, trouble is a brewing. Do you hear that? Like, we, we need to please God, right? Fear, please God. But usually when trouble comes, fear comes with it. That's a perfect time to recognize fear and put fear in its place. The best place to put a note is under your foot regarding fear. Because that's where Jesus put the devil, under our feet. So all of a sudden they walk out, they were threatened, they pray, and they have great boldness to preach the gospel. Because when fear comes, I've noticed, it'll, it tries to do two things. Paralyze you or it will mobilize you, right? It'll paralyze you, fear will, or mobilize you. Now we want to be mobilized. And it reminds me one day I was heading to Meyer to get some food because I'm the one who likes to eat. If Emily shops, God bless her, she gets salad, bird seed, rice cakes, soup. <laughs> I get the meat, and I get all the stuff that probably shouldn't eat. But anyways, so she, she goes, or I, I go, and I'm heading to, to Meyer, and literally, all of a sudden, I'm walking at the door, I'm at the door of Meyer, in a spirit, a literal spirit of fear. You know, fear is a spirit. A spirit of fear meets me right there. Tries to get me not to go into Meyer. It's weird. I'm like, 
And I honestly, it was like, what in the world is this? And I recognized it as a spirit of fear. And I said, oh, you're trying to paralyze me, but now you just mobilize me. So I just said, no, not, not today, not today. I walked through that door knowing that someone probably needed to hear the gospel. So I immediately went right there to the uh, produce section, and there was a dude by the cucumbers. And I, I looked right at him. I'm serious. I thought, that guy's going to hear about Jesus today. Like, I mobilize. I, I, listen, Bible says, like, just do it afraid, right? Like, when fear comes, just press right through it. And I was, I think this guy ran off because I was coming hard. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to tell you about Jesus, right? I'm going to pray with you. Could have stopped me, but it spurred me into action. Fear is that common face of the enemy. It's a spirit. But here's the thing, you don't have to take what the devil tries to give you. You just need to believe what God has already put in you. Power, love, and a sound mind. Already in you, right? Power, love, and a sound mind. For 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So let God shake off the fear. It's not in you. It may have gotten on you, but let God shake it off you. God shakes, he shakes off the fear, and he shakes off the strife. Oh, man, this is a big one. If there's one thing that blesses God, please hear this, and pleases God, it's when his people get along. We see the power of unity all through the Bible. And by the way, it is the only, one and only prerequisites for a commanded blessing. Listen, you want a blessing on your marriage? You want a blessing on your family? You want a commanded blessing on your business? Get along. Get along. Well, actually, pray for, pray for a shake. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Like, pray for God to show up with his glory so that we get along. And then God says, I'm going to command a blessing on you. Who would want a commanded blessing on their lives? How good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell in unity. It's like, the, it's like the oil that runs down the beard of Aaron that goes all the way down to the robe. There, God commands a blessing. Well, Pastor Dan, I want my marriage to be good. Go home, grab hands, tell, tell each other you love, I forgive you. Will you forgive me? I love you. We are a team. Whatever you got to do to make that right, I'm telling you, do it today. Don't wait. And God will command a blessing on you. Amen? That, was, that wasn't even in my notes. That's for you. Look at what happens, Acts, 30, Acts 4, 31 through 32. We're almost done as far as you know. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Look at all the believers were united in heart and mind. He didn't do that in just one. He did it in all of them. Wow. How, how do we need God's glory to show up? We need a shaking from God. It wasn't a dream. It was reality. But it started with a prayer. And that prayer caused God to radically change hearts and minds. When God shakes, he shakes off the strife. And when God shakes, he shakes off the stuff. The stuff. You know, when God shows up with his glory, the stuff just doesn't matter anymore. Our toys, our tools, our treasures, they just don't matter. 
when God's glory comes in. It's okay to have stuff, but does stuff have you? Look what happened when God showed up, Acts 4, 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Let me help you get free today, because I think, like me, at times you may have, you may have thought that what you have is actually yours, <laughs> and it ain't. Everything that you see that's good and perfect is from above. It all comes from Jesus and through Jesus. Well, wait a minute, I worked hard. Yeah, I, 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 I worked hard for that. Well, God gave you a brain, if you got one. God gave you a brain, you do. God gave you hands and feet. God opened up doors for you. God gave you strong work. God gave you that ability, right? So what you, if you want to get free from stuff, just say, it's not mine. Lord, it's not mine. It's yours. Even my mortgage, it's yours, God. <laughs> Take it. Take that mortgage right now. God's, God's will, God's bill. Oh, Lord. When God shakes off, when God shakes, he shakes off the stuff. Hope this is too painful for you. For some, I think it's a little painful. That's okay. God will speak to you after you leave, and he'll, uh, he'll make things right. Um, when, when I had a friend who passed away a couple, couple of years ago, Johnny Strickling. Love Johnny. Johnny was my friend. Um, wish he was around, but he, he's, he uh, a lot older, but um, he tells me a story that when he was young and, and married, he uh, without, didn't have kids, he bought a 57 Chevy, and he loved it, washed it every single day, cleaned the rims with a toothbrush every day, um, and he said, it's mine. Nobody's going to drive this car. Not even my wife. Well, she'll, she'll only ride in it. I'm the only driver. And one day he put it out in the yard for all to see. And just after a nice spit shine, and he parked it under the big oak tree in front of his yard, went, and, went inside for dinner. Storm came. <laughs> Hit the tree. Knocked a huge brand. Crushed the car. He was devastated. Thelma was elated. <laughs> she did. She was, she, she, I was so happy that thing was crushed because that, that thing was coming in between their marriage. And she wouldn't say anything, but, but and so he goes, oh, thank you, Lord, because it probably would have ruined his marriage. Really quickly, you might be too attached to stuff if that stuff is interfering with your relationships. Your electronic device may be hindering face-to-face -face time in your relationships. You feel like your phone is keeping you from enjoying your friends and family. It might be a sign to put it down. Why do you come to church for this? Because I'm trying to help you. God shakes the stuff off. Nothing wrong with the phone. I love phones. They're great, great stuff. 
You may be too attached to stuff if that thing is now tied to your self-worth, your identity. It's a part of you. Years ago, a man in Japan burned his house down after his mother threw away an important toy of his, telling a reporter that I thought I was going to die. Too attached to stuff. And you, you may be too attached to it if what you're, you're buying more stuff for your thing, pampering it more than your relationships, you're spending a fortune on special gadgets, garage space, blah, blah, blah. Maybe time to tone it down. And here's one more question about stuff. Jesus meets a rich young ruler, and he's got everything. And he goes, I want to follow you, Jesus. He goes, well, tell me about yourself. Well, I've been good to my dad, my parents. I've honored them. I've read the word every day. I kept the law. Like, I've gone to church. I've, I've, I've served my community. I've helped the poor. He's like, wow, man, that's quite the resume. And as Jesus turns away, he goes, oh, one more thing. What? If you want to follow me, you've got to take everything that you own, sell it, and give the proceeds to the poor. Here's the question. Here's, here's, here's what was said. The Bible says he went away sad. Here's my question. Does the thought of giving up your thing or that stuff make you sad? Think about it. You got anything in your life? I'll give that up, but not that. If it makes you sad, you just may need to just give it to God, right? Don't let it have you. When God shakes, he shakes off the stuff. And lastly, he shakes off self. I thought it was very profound that the disciples didn't pray for the glory. They actually prayed to preach the gospel and to help people. Did you hear that? I want you to pray for the glory. But really the right prayer is, God, give me the courage and the strength to preach the gospel and help people. And then the glory showed up. Because they, they weren't selfish. It wasn't about them. Self is the most important, most often the enemy number one. James says it's why people get into quarrels and fights. They want something so bad for themselves that they can't have it. For me, especially early on in our marriage, first couple years, a lot of difficulties happened because of my selfishness. Even at times I said, that must be the devil. That wasn't the devil. It was just me. <laughs> Selfish. I had to give it up. Let it go. Now I've learned that the beginning of defeating self is giving up my right and really looking to Jesus, giving my life to Jesus. Because Jesus gave up his right to be honored, his right for a good reputation. He gave up his right to take revenge. He gave up his right to complain. He gave up his right to be comfortable. He gave up his life. So God wants the glory of God to shine through us. Can't do it if there's pride there, get rid of it. Can't do it if there's fear, get rid of it. Shame, get rid of it. Just say, God, I don't want it. I don't want anything, anything coming in between me and you and the glory of God. One last verse, 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory 
of the Lord. The shaking happens, yes, the shaking happens to remove the things that oppose God. But I thought, Dan, I was going to come to church and you were going to fire me up and we were going to go streaming and walking on clouds, on sunshine and, and, and riding on unicorns. Rainbow, right? Yes, God is good. He loves us. But he wants his glory displayed through us, right? So the shaking comes to shake off self and stuff, right? Strife. Things that oppose God. Right on time. Only one more hour to go. Paul preached one time for how many hours? All night. Now someone, someone fell and, 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 and died and was resurrected, but still, you guys are in chairs. You're going to be all right. So pray this. Pray this. If you want to, pray this prayer with me a minute. Um, simple prayer. I'm going to pray it slow because I want you to think about the words that we're saying here. And it's just going to be a prayer for, for a surrender to God, but, but really for God's glory to come in our lives. Would you bow your heads and pray this out loud if you would. Say, Heavenly Father, you have my attention. There were days that I lived for myself. Days that I lived for my stuff. And I found myself empty. And I found myself even surrounded by my enemy. But now, Lord, hear my prayer. Change me from the inside out. Lord, I give you my whole heart, my whole life. Give me boldness to preach your word. Release your power to heal the sick. Stretch out your hand right now so that miraculous signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, you have my attention, and now you have my heart. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. All right. That wasn't too bad. Stepped on a few toes. Hey, we love you guys. I hope that uh, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and gave you something to take away and do uh, this, this uh, week. But pray for the glory of God, amen, to change us all. Love you. Take care. Have a good one. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.